0: Amen with us from Madisonville, Kentucky. Amen for the services. And I'm going to give you the formal introduction, then I'll give you the informal introduction. The formal introduction is, and I'm just picking and choosing because uh, there are several things that Brother Frederick is involved in and uh, is a participant in and has uh, done well. As far as in his life concerning uh, some little, I say little, but achievements. But uh, years ago, he served as a full-time evangelist for the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that was a 10-year term, 10-year time frame of beating the road, traveling, holding revival from place to place. Uh, he was at one time the associate pastor of Haven Pentecostal Church. He was the founder and pastor of the Greater Life Tabernacle in Whitehall arkansas he is currently of course the pastor of greater life apostolic church in madisonville he has been the district superintendent of both arkansas kentucky as well he's the presidential member of the american association of christian counselors he holds his bachelor's degree in theology a master's degree in christian counseling he's currently writing his dissertation pursuing his doctorate in christian counseling and pursuing his licensed therapist degree in trauma and crisis care, specializing in PTSD. He's a chaplain for the Madisonville Police Department in Madisonville, Kentucky. He's a Kentucky certified concealed weapons instructor, Kentucky personal defense trainer, active campus active shooter consultant. It's just naming it a few things. He's in the process of writing his first book, Living a Life Without considers dealing with adult children and some of the things that go along with that that's the formal introduction the informal introduction is this is he's probably known me my whole life or close to it and whenever he evangelized he and brother wes westerman used to uh, patrol the grounds in the tri-state fellowship that we are part of and i remember yeah you sat down and i was uh, I remember being a young boy, they would patrol the grounds and I was very young and they would come through, make sure I was, and I remember this one thing in particular that, uh, a friend of mine had the top bunk. I had the bottom buck and my friend's boots was right beside my bed. And as all campers do, they get into mischief and, uh, brother Frederick, pastor Frederick was going through checking on the boys and brother Wes was as well. He comes over to me. He says, who is this? He says, oh, it's a McGee, you know. I remember him putting his hand on my chest. You're not gonna get in trouble tonight, are you? You know, all this, no, sir. All the while he's saying that, loaded in those boots. Were water balloons and shaving cream balloons. It was like a double-barrel shotgun sitting beside me. He didn't even know. But what's amazing to me, and everybody can testify to this, that when you're younger, age differences between people seems so vast but as you get older age differences don't seem as vast as they were when you was younger and so that's what I've come to realize as I've gotten older I don't know if he has or not but uh, he's become a friend to me and uh, every once we've had some, some uh, serious conversations at least two but most of the time we have a good time with one another And you all know, and I'm saying this, you all know how much I love Brother and Sister Boyd in Brantford, Florida. And Brother Frederick, and you and him, of course, are vastly different. But from my point of view, God gave me a Brother Boyd in Madisonville, Kentucky. So I appreciate his friendship. He's listened to me rant. Rant and asked me if I was finished and he's talked to me at times and saying now this is not playing right now he's talking to me for real because we jab back and forth he said this is serious right now and I'll take whatever that may be as well love and appreciate their family appreciate his love for people and for ministries and we're happy to have him here tonight and uh let's preach with him here this evening amen we're honored to have him Pastor Tony Frederick from Madisonville, Kentucky. And
1: praise the Lord, everybody. (laughs) Did my mama write that introduction? I sent it to you. Okay, that's even better. That's even better. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Well, you've been standing for a long time. So, you're going to have to stand for a few more seconds because there's some things I've got to say. And then and then I'll read my scripture and then you can do what you want to do. But I am honored tonight to be able to come to a church that I preached at when we were evangelizing. We preached in Kinsburg, and the reason why it's so familiar to me, I was wondering if you was here. I thought you stayed home. Okay, I feel better. I feel better. Uh, When we preached the revival in Kinsburg, my wife had just given birth to Holly, and that was the very first revival that my wife and my daughter rejoined me on the evangelistic field and we were parked right outside the, the old church and uh, we I shouldn't say this because y'all y'all gonna th- well you probably already think bad of me but it was so neat as an evangelist not to have to go to church on Sunday morning it was so neat we we didn't hardly know what to do but Brother and Bishop and Sister McGee has been friends of my family for years. I don't know how many years. There's things that I could tell you about Bishop that he wouldn't be smiling right now. It's a dollar a story after service is over. And all of that will go to missions. Missions. All of that will go to missions. And um, boy, you don't want me to forget what time it is, do you? Okay. The reason that I won't tell those stories about Bishop is because when he was doing those things, I was right beside him. Right beside him. But I was there beside him trying to calm him down come on Bishop when I found out that um, Brother McGee Jr. was coming back to Illinois to be a part of this church I thought what a great thing I'm only going to say this I don't expect everybody to agree. You're blessed. You are blessed. To the folks, whoever it was that put all that stuff in our room, my wife thanks you. I thank you. But since there was no salty stuff in that box, it forced me to eat the sweet stuff. That's because the salty stuff was put in the drawers where she wouldn't see them. But I appreciate this invitation. Your kind pastor was um, exceptionally kind to me with his introduction. Are we putting this on the internet? No, 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 no. I'm going to go back and I'm going to record that introduction and save it. I'm saving that. To brother and sister Mason, senior, well, excuse me. I feel in my spirit that it is proper if I do this out behind the church then he can get mad at me but if I do it in front of the church then can't nobody say anything I think it's the will of God for y'all to move to Madisonville well I'm going to read my scripture text now and yeah it's going to be a long night now isn't it In the book of Ezekiel, I'd like for you to go to the 44th chapter. And I'm going to endeavor
0: to read
1: from the 17th and 18th verse. I am not here tonight to preach anything new to you. You remember me telling you that on the evangelistic field, our first revival back as a family... Was at the Kinsberg Church. I went back and found a bunch of pictures. And guess what? I left them at home. No, it's it's what happens when you're 63. You go to all of that trouble and then you forget. So I well, this sermon that I preached the very first time when I preached at Kinsburg is extremely similar and definitely has the same title. So this was 1985. Somebody do the math. So I'm a little hurt that some of y'all didn't run up to me tonight and say, I remember when you preached it. Okay. Okay. Ezekiel 44 and 17, And it shall come to pass that when they enter in at the gates of the inner court, everybody say inner court, they shall be clothed with linen garments and no wool shall come upon them whilst they minister in the gates of the inner court and within. The 18th verse reads, They shall have linen bonnets upon their heads, and shall have... Is this country or what? And shall have linen breeches upon their loins. They shall not gird themselves with anything that causeth sweat. They shall not gird themselves with anything that causeth sweat. I'm going to preach to you tonight a sermon that I have preached on the evangelistic field, and it's the first sermon I ever preached at Kinsburg. The title is the same. The rest of it is different. I'm going to preach to you no sweat allowed. No sweat allowed. How many is going to help me preach? Okay. Bishop, would you pray and ask the Lord's blessings right now? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and shake their hand and tell them, I'm glad you're here tonight. God bless you. And you can be seated. Amen. I hope this is for me. Is it? Okay. Eighty years. Ten years according to your pastor as serving you as pastor. Pastor. One has already mentioned that things are constantly changing. I just want you to know tonight that change is not over. There is, and I'm not going to preach about this, but there is more storms on its way. As a matter of fact, there's going to be some storms that you didn't think you was ever going to have to deal with. And if you think COVID was bad, there's a storm coming. But I'm not going to allow the outside to affect me on the inside. I'm just not going to. There are too many things tonight that I don't understand. uh, I've got a little bit of education and I have found that a lot of times education only confounds and confuses the things of God. And I, I, I want you to know, don't put your confidence in man, don't put your confidence in anything of this world, but put your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that's never, ever, ever Ever, 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 ever not going to let you down. So this, this 44th chapter of Ezekiel deals with the ordinances of the priesthood. These were laws that was given to Ezekiel by the Lord, who in turn, uh, Ezekiel gave them uh, as protocol uh, to, uh, to the priests. And, and activities that was inside the tabernacle. You understand the priesthood had no say-so about it. It wasn't going to be voted on, it wasn't going to be voted in, it wasn't going to be voted out. This was a command of God. And one of these practices, the one that I'll mention for a little bit, is simply dictated that when the priesthood when they walked into the inner court, there was to be no wool upon their bodies. It was They were only to wear on the inner court garments that was made of linen. In biblical times, in biblical days, garments were made from wool or linen, and many times wool came from dead animals. And so there was just a rule that, that, that only garments of linen, garments that was made out of the flax of plants and, and the fibers of the stem of plants, that's all that was to be worn on the inner court and within. So the command came from the Lord not to gird themselves with anything that causeth sweat. That's a bit of a paradox, but I'll leave that for a moment. They, they were not to wear anything that would cause perspiration. That's a good thing Jerry Mason was not a priest in those days. Should they feel the need to sweat or perspire, In the outer court, you know, there's a lot of work that was taken in in heaving those sacrificial animals upon uh, the altar. There there was a lot of sweating that was going on in the outer court. If you needed to perspire out yonder, okay, but there wasn't allowed, there was no sweat that was allowed in the presence of the Lord and within. Some of y'all sitting on the edge of your seats trying your best to figure out how I'm going to make you spiritual. Trust me, it's just going to take me a minute to get there. The scripture stated that when they entered into the presence of God, there was, my title, no sweat allowed. Now, one job of the priest was that there was no foolishness in the inner court and within it was serious business because you were in the presence of the Lord. You know what? I'm so glad. I'm so glad that the presence of God no longer is on the mercy seat beneath the cherubim's wings. I'm glad when Jesus said I give up the ghost and when it was over, when he said it was finished and he gave up the ghost, the spirit of God came off of that mercy seat, came through that holiest of holies, amen, came into that inner court but it didn't stay there. It come on out into the outer court and then it left the tabernacle and some Somebody said, Oh, what was that? What did I just feel? I'm glad tonight that I am able to come into the presence of the Lord and I am able to feel that presence. Give the Lord a little hand clap. You can be seated. One job of the priesthood was to maintain. The altar of incense. On occasion, uh, on occasion, there was droplets of incense that was dropped into the altar of incense. And the Bible says in another place that it released a sweet-smelling savor that pleased the Lord. So if there is incense that is being burnt that is pleasing to the Lord he simply said now you, you, you understand this is Tony Frederick. This is We're not preaching doctrine tonight. We're just preaching a concept. The Lord said no sweat is allowed on the inner court and within. Now I don't know how to to make this you know spiritual, but if you perspire long enough, I don't care how much deodorant you have. I got on some sweet cologne tonight. My wife buys me cologne all the time. Mm -mm. And I can tell you something else. You, you, You nudge up to her tonight. She'd be smelling good too. Take my word for it. Don't be nudging up to her. I'm trying to figure out a real spiritual way to say this, but I'm done playing with it. I think what I'll do is just let it out and be done with it. If you perspire long enough, if you sweat long enough, all of your deodorant's going to be gone, all your cologne's going to be gone, and there is going to be a foul aroma emitted from your body. I see some of y'all, well, not me. I don't, I don't, I don't stink when I sweat. There is a Hebrew word for that. Hogwash. So the Lord simply maybe possibly could have been saying I don't want any sweat in my presence. I don't want a foul aroma in my presence. I don't want anything fighting the aroma of the altar of incense. So I'm just going to make the rule no sweats allowed. Here's my problem and I'm almost done. Nobody believes that. I saw that one person just look and say, my problem is this. I'm smart enough to know that if you've got the heavy garments of wool or if you've got the lighter garments of linen or whatever this is, If you exert yourself enough, if you exert yourself more than others, you're gonna sweat. You're gonna perspire. So I had this dilemma. That I couldn't comprehend, or I couldn't understand. How is it no sweats allowed? You, cannot, you can't wear wool. You can wear linen. But I also know that if you do enough, that you are going to perspire. So what are you going to do? And I don't mean I don't mean this rude. I, I, I'm not trying to be rude, but you can perspire without any clothes on. I mean, if it's hot, you you just you know you, you you exert yourself. So I'm I'm struggling with the concept that there is no sweat allowed in the presence of God. Right, right. So I got the dictionary down, and I looked up the word sweat. That wasn't what I was looking for. So I got the unabridged dictionary. I don't know the difference in a dictionary that's got a bridge and a dictionary that doesn't have a bridge but there's a whole lot more information in that underbridge, the one that doesn't have the bridge in it because when I I went to the S's does that make sense I went to the S's and I looked up the word sweat and I read the same thing in that dictionary that was in the other dictionary except it had a little note down there that said in the slang language, many times the word sweat is referred to as a deep state of concern or of an intense problem. Immediately, my mind went all those years back to where I was supposed to catch a ride after school to the uh, uh, football field. And I was, you know, you you had to be there at a certain time because if you didn't get there at a certain time, that meant laps. And nobody wanted to run laps. So I knew that I had to get there, and I missed my ride. There was no way for me to get there, get changed into my uniform, And, and, and there was no way. I was going to be late. And a buddy of mine that was on the football team, he had his car there, and I said, Hey, man, can you give me a ride? I don't want to be late. I don't want to have to run laps. Can you give me a ride? And he looked at me. You know what he said? No sweat. Get in. Come on, get in. I got to practice and didn't didn't have any problem. You know what I'm here tonight? to. I'm, I'm not here tonight to preach to you about what I'm doing I'm not here to preach to you about a physical form of perspiration, but I'm here tonight to let you know that when we walk through those doors, we are walking into the very presence of the Lord. And I believe tonight that the Lord is trying to get us to understand that in his presence, he still doesn't want any sweat in his presence. No, I'm not talking about the water, but I'm talking about coming in here and bringing your problems and bringing your deep state of concerns in here. And before you know it, the pastor's shutting the service down and we're going home. You're the very same way as you came. No victory, no blood. You didn't give any worship to God. And I'm here to let you know that in this world that we are living in, there is no sweat allowed in the kingdom of God. And here's the reason why worship and sweat doesn't mingle. Okay. Okay. I almost felt like I was home there for a minute. I almost felt like, here's I, here's here's what they do at home. Now, this ain't known. This ain't I mean, it's being recorded, but it's not being video. Yeah, okay. Here's what I get at home. No. Let me tell you something. I have seen people that look like they is playing hooky from the graveyard. I have seen people walk in that door that literally had to hold on to the pew in front of them to get down that center aisle. I have seen them sit down, not set down, I have seen them flop down in that pew and the whole pew almost flipped over. Amen. I have seen them uh, sitting there, uh, and it looked like, you know, that. well, I, I sure hope we don't have to call 911, but then somebody would get on the piano, and they'd start playing. They'd start playing the songs of Zion, and somebody would start singing, and the guitar would start guitaring. Amen. And the piano would be a piano, and, and the banjo would be banjoing, and then somebody would pull out that tambourine and start start tambourine and they couldn't keep a, a rhythm They could, you know what it's not about talent but it's all about anointing you may not be able to sing you may not be able to carry a bucket but if you won't worry about what it sounds like you know what God will do he'll open up the windows of heaven and he'll pour out a blessing you gotta stop worrying about your problems you gotta stop worrying about your deep state of concerns we are in the presence of the king of kings and the lord of Lords, and he wants you to know no sweats allowed in here so I, okay I'm done with that my wife she's here tonight If you ever need wallpaper off the walls at your house, call her. My wife can worry the wallpaper off the walls. (laughs) Well, what about... We got a... It's not much, but we got a little farm. I love taking my grandkids. We've, We've got four-wheelers for them all and we get out there when the grandma's not there and when the mama's not there me and the son-in-law you got 109 acres knock yourself out so I go home and those stinking kids they won't keep their mouths shut <laughs> didn't have the Hiroshima Nagasaki while they're there. But they're not even backed out of the driveway. You did. What? You allowed them to do what? It wasn't me, it was Ryan. He's the one that did it. It wasn't me <laughs> and me. My wife worries. Now you got to understand something. I'm not here tonight to tell you not to worry. Because that is a normal condition of life. I'm not here tonight to tell you, stop your worrying. I'm not here tonight to tell you to, you know, to give all that up. Because I know you'll tell me you will, but you won't, and that's a lie. I'm just trying to tell you where to worry at and where not to worry at. If you're fixing supper for your family and you want to worry, well, hon, just worry your little head right off into the floor. (laughs) If you're driving down the road and you want to be concerned about something and you want to worry about it for a little while, just worry, 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 worry. That's okay with me. If you want to get, and I know this doesn't apply to y'all, I'm talking about someplace else I preached. If you get in an argument with your wife on the way to church, oh, some heads went down. Here's what I'm telling you. In the outer court, knock yourself out. But when you walk through those doors, you understand that you're not walking into the tabernacle plan now. You're walking into the very essence and the very presence of the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. If you want to worry about the car payment out yonder, go ahead and worry. That's okay. If you want to worry about job pressures while you're out there in the outer court, go ahead. That's all right. But when I walk through those doors, amen. Let let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And, And I mean no disrespect. I mean no disrespect at all. We've got folks in our church that can't sing. They can't. No, you don't understand. You're not getting what I'm putting. You're not picking up what I'm putting down. They can't sing. Y'all still aren't getting it. I'm talking about we're playing in G and they're in B flat or some kind of flat. They're, 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 they, they, they can't sing. But you know what we do? We use what we got. (laughs) Every now and then I got to stop them and say, hang on. Right in the middle of a verse, they'll change from G to D or from D to E. Hang on, y'all. You know what? That's a little embarrassing. It's a little embarrassing. But when the anointing comes, it doesn't matter what flat, what what sharp. It doesn't matter what key. It's all about. And I'm not I'm not disrespecting what y'all have here. I was serious. The Masons need to move, need to move to Madisonville. I wasn't playing. I was serious. I'm just here tonight to let you know this that the Lord wants you to forget about all your concerns. He wants you to forget about all your family problems. He wants you to forget about if you can sing or if you can't sing. And when you walk into his presence, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You know what? Your problems will be waiting on you. Your deep stated concerns will be waiting on you. Amen. But while I'm in the, oh yeah, while I'm in the presence of the king, I'm going to give him my best. My best might not be as good as yours, and my best might not be as accomplished as yours, but I'll be honest for you, I'm not singing to you anyhow. I'm not clapping my hands for you anyhow. You know what the Lord said? He said, you give me your best, and I'll give you my best. I'm not going to let my problems stop me. I'm not going to let my concerns stop me. I'm going to keep on giving him all that I have. While I'm in his presence, I'm going to be carefree. You can be seated. Watch this. And I really am closing. Uh, are y'all going to play? It's time to come. <clears throat> you might as well sit up here and sit down there. So Matthew, the eighth chapter. There's this I'm sorry. There Did you hear her tell me I was fine? Did you hear that? And 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 she meant it too. So. Here's this. I'll pay for that tonight later, but Not from her, from her. There's this leper that has been diagnosed as a leper. He's moved into the leper colony, and he's got no hope. There's there's no cure for leprosy. You're not... they're not going to give you a shot. They're not going to give you a vaccination. They're not go- You're going to die. So the leper has left everything that he holds dear. He's left his family, his job, his position in society, and he's living in a place of hopelessness. A place of certain death. Somehow this leper hears of Jesus. And he said, I'm going to find him. What, what, you know there's no cure for leprosy? Just stay right here with us, the other lepers, the others that are hopeless, and, 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 and wait for your day. Now, trying not to be rude, but, you know, leprosy was a literal rotting of your flesh get up out of bed and the finger stays in the bed you get up out of bed and the arm y'all got the point so the leper leaves the confines of the leper colony goes and finds Jesus is it possible that his mentality was if I go and ask Jesus to heal me because you understand that Jesus had never, at this point, Jesus had never dealt with a leper before. Is it, is it possible that even if he says, hey, look, I took care of the withered hand, I took care of the guy on his way to the cemetery, I took care of the deaf, but I can't do anything with leprosy. I mean, is it possible that the leper said, all I've lost is a little bit of time? So I'm just going to go and I'm just going to find the Lord. I'm going to ask him to heal me. And if he doesn't, I'll see you all in about 30 minutes. But what if? What if? So the Bible says, Matthew 8, y'all can look it up if you don't take my word for it. The Bible says that the leper came into the presence of Jesus he fell down on his knees and he worshipped. He worshipped. It wasn't any of this, No, oh, I'm a leper. Oh, I've got this. I've lost my family. I've lost my job. I've lost my finances. I'm going to die. No, no, no. You know what he did? He worshipped the Lord. Now, you got to understand, there's not scripture for this. But common sense tells you that something happened when the man started worshiping, when the leper started worshiping the Lord. Because after the man, the leper, finished worshiping the Lord, he then looked at Jesus and said this, Lord, if you will, Mm, you're not hearing me, Something happened when he worshiped because he didn't say woe is me. He didn't say, oh, I've lost everything. He said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. This is me telling a story. You understand? This is me telling a story. Jesus looked at him and said, Man, I thought you were going to ask something hard. I mean, all you want is to be healed of leprosy? Uh, I will. Be thou clean. And immediately the Bible says that leprosy left him and it was gone. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll quit worrying about your leprosy, if you'll quit worrying about your deep stated concerns, and when you get in this place, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Lord, if you will, you can take care of all the family problems. Lord, if you will, you can take care. Of my job pressures. You got to understand that we are in the presence of the One that can do it all, if we will approach Him with the right attitude. Come gather with me this this evening. Come gather with me around the front of the church come gather with me and let the Lord know that you're not going to let your, your, your deep state of concern stop you from receiving from Him. Amen. Come tonight and let the Lord know I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, if you will. Lord, if you will. You can make me clean.